Fontana rolling out the right, looking toward the end zone, throwing under pressure, throws his pass. Caught by Clark. Clark got a touchdown. Troy Clark has it. It's a touchdown for the 49ers. You're now listening to the 4th and Gold Podcast with Javi and Matt. Welcome to the 4th and Gold Podcast. We are back with another episode. We are back, and so is football. Training camp has opened. The Niners are back in camp, working out, and starting to... uh, Go, you know, put their fisticuffs up. What's going on, Matt? Hey, Javi, how you doing, man? Yeah, speaking of the fisticuffs, Jalen Hurd out there swinging on two <laughs> different people today. So, you know, it's yeah. feisty. The pads aren't on just yet. They go on tomorrow. But uh, but everybody's a little feisty. Everybody's, everybody's excited to get back out there. And, and, you know, I'm all for training camp fights as long as they get it out of their system now before it costs them 15 yards in the game. Definitely get that out now. Um it's uh it's it is it is good though to see some some fight in these in these Niners and uh you know from a team that was considered pretty soft last couple of years it's uh it's good to get some of that action mm-hmm. going um but with us go ahead and catch the fourth and goal podcast on all platforms iTunes Apple Play app, excuse me iTunes Google Play Spotify Stitcher wherever podcasts are found and then also follow the podcast on Twitter at fourth and gold podcast by the time you hear this hopefully we've hit that 400 listen 400 follower mark so if you haven't done so already go ahead and follow us on twitter and also follow the podcast wherever you find that yeah app, smash okay? those follow buttons dudes let's make it happen keep smashing them <laughs> uh the biggest stuff the biggest news that's going happened um last couple of days is debo and nick bosa have signed their contracts and like we told everybody a couple episodes ago is to relax not to worry about it the 49ers front office is not the chargers it's not dean spanos or the span i like matt the says. span i um, <laughs> but the deals are done and they're in camp. What's going? How do you feel about that, Matt? I, you know, man, we called it. We just called it. Yeah. We told everybody to relax. CAA, the the company that that represents both Debo and Nick Bosa, their whole thing is is they wait until the last possible second before they have their guys sign contracts. It's just how it goes with them. And and yeah. you know, everybody wanted to just lay it on Nick Bosa because Joey held out a couple years ago. But like you said, you know. Nick isn't Joey, and the Span I aren't Prague Marate. It's very two, it's two very different op- operating organizations. So I, I was yeah. never concerned. Debo Samuel, same thing. I, it's just who represents him, and you know he was training the whole time, and we we weren't concerned about him. Me and you weren't because no. And, and you know he 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 let loose that he was gonna he was gonna be signed on Thursday. He's like he's like gave a shout out to his agent on Instagram, and then even before. The story of Debo signing broke. Nick Bosa signed, and it all happened within like twenty minutes. And Forty ers Twitter was just like this collective, woosah, woosah, sigh of relief. <laughs> Everybody was happy, so it's good to have them here. Um, and fun fact: the last rookie to sign was Quinn and Williams. And I know a lot of people were sitting here saying, 
oh, we should have just drafted Quinn and Williams. He would have signed already. <laughs> well, he signed last. So there goes that argument for him. But, you know, it, the rookie holdout is dead. It, it, the, with, it the, is. with the wage scale input, you know, it's it's not going anywhere. These guys are going to sign. It's it's all legal language is all they're, they're working out in these contracts anymore. Yeah, the offsetting languages, the bonus structure, you know, whatever, how, what dates they get compensated, those things are what's being being discussed. Um, I had no issue with it, and you know, uh, Mr. Bosa, I guess you, I guess that's how I'd refer to him. But John and Joey's or Nick and Nick and Joey's dad, um, he even said as much. He's like, this was a lot smoother than when I, we dealt with the Chargers. It was, you know, done. It just got done, and uh, all the language was, you know, the way they wanted it, and it got done. Um, the Niners are just, you know, they're, they're a well-run organization. Say what you want to say about them. But the last three years, they've been well-run. The wins may have not shown up, but from front office standpoints with the minimal leaks, there's been no off-field issues except for the Ruben thing, and they got rid of that as fast as they could. Mm-hmm. And uh, contracts are being done, and players are happy. You know, the, if the worst thing we have to deal with is a Robbie Gold holdout, <laughs> I'm okay with that. You know what I mean? So... <laughs> Um, you know, previously we had a lot of issues, you know, with Alden Smith, Ray McDonald, the, you know, that, that whole, that whole debacle. And, um, I'm, I'm happy the Niners are quiet in the, in the news. I, no news is good news when it comes to that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. And to see Nick and camp, um, I'm, I'm happy. I'm ready to, I'm ready to roll. Like I'm ready to run through a wall, man. Yeah. I mean, these, some of these highlights that are coming out are <laughs> awesome. I know my favorite one I saw today, uh, was Trent Taylor. He takes his slant. He takes it to the house. Now, again, like we said, there's no pads on just yet, so they can't really tackle or anything. And, but man, it's so nice to see Trent Taylor back fully healthy, because he was just Jimmy's go-to guy in 2017, and uh, I'm really hoping he can get back to form. And uh, as Rob Lauder said today, that there's, a, as it looks right now, if he continues to trend in the same direction, I mean, we're talking like there's that there's a significant portion of the offense that's going to be cut out for for Trent Taylor. Oh yeah, without question, Trent Taylor. You know we. It works. We've we've been fans of Trent, um, and it's it's it would be ideal to have that third down machine in Trent Taylor, especially you know when you need him late in games, you need to make a conversion, and you got sure hands. Um, my my thing with him is can he hold up? Yeah. You know he's a little bit smaller than most guys. Um, tough, of course, but you know he did have a back in issues first year coming out. Well, coming after his first mm-hmm. season. So hopefully he can continue to stay healthy. But that highlight was pretty dope. He did take it off, take off, and, and get to the house. Um, again, no pads, but you know what? It's it's I, it's better than nothing. Right. And seeing him make a play like that, it's uh, it's ideal. And then, you know, me, I'm I'm big team Akella Witherspoon. Akella has a pick, takes it away from Dante, and you know that's big. The Niners had two turnovers last year, two interceptions, and this, two interceptions. Excuse me, and to have one in camp, um, and coming from the guy that. He's been taking the most heat, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a big deal. And the Niners defensively have been pretty dominant from all reports. It's kind of what I was told well before camp started on how the defensive line would pretty much dominate, um, at least in most of most of training camp, um, which is a good thing. I'm, I'm actually looking at it as a positive as opposed to a negative where folks are like, oh, crap, our offensive line's in trouble. Well, are they in trouble? You know, they're dealing with DeForest Buckner and Nick Bosa, D Ford, Eric Armstead, these guys are pretty damn mm-hmm. good, and uh, you know, and the Niners have a little bit of a, they're a little banged up on the O line, but I think this is gonna make them better. Like you say, iron sharpens iron. Yep, iron sharpens iron, steel sharpens steel. 
you know, and it, it, it's tough to block D linemen when they don't have pads on. You can't get your hands on on the shoulder pads and stuff. And you know, the 49ers are trotting out five first rounders on that defensive line. Yep. The talent is there. So if the offensive line struggles against them, I'm okay with that because offensive lines should struggle against these guys. This is not yeah. a group that you're just going to like push around. This is not last year where you got Kyle Shanahan coming out saying that you got to be pretty damn good to beat Cassius Marsh. Like that, that <laughs> that's way out the window at this point. I understand pumping your guys up, but that is dead because the 49ers are now stacked on the D line all the way across and it's exciting. Yeah, and those guys were are better than Cassius Marsh because the minute they signed D Ford or traded for D Ford, Cassius was gone, mm-hmm. and then Nick Bosa was drafted. So um, there is a significant upgrade at the defensive line position, and hopefully Solomon Thomas is uh, an impact this year. Mm-hmm. He does look to be in great he shape does, from the videos that I've seen. Man, the dude's arms are look jacked. I'm like, I don't want to sound weird about <laughs> it, but. That's a lot of tricep pull downs, man. Those triceps are, are bulging out. Yeah, I saw um, the clip of him on the um, the blocking sled today, <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, he looks like he's he in crazy looks, shape, crazy good shape." Yeah, and that's that was all. I was told, you know, he looks, he seems to be more focused and in better shape. That's I was also told that. So you know, we'll see how that goes, and I'm I'm rooting for for Solomon, like we talked about in the last episode. Um, he is. Uh, hopefully he can live up to that hype or even or even provide something you know get us you know be a five six seven eight sack guy something like that that's going to be ideal for this team to be successful yeah yeah so so we've been talking about the good stuff of the players that are on the field but there's four guys we're not seeing on the field at all and that's the four guys on the pup list so we're looking at what we got Jarek mckinnon garrett selick weston richburg and jimmy ward who of course broke his collarbone in otas um so where do you sit with those guys? What do you think? What do you think's going on with them as as they prepare to come back? Well, as expected, we, we talked about this a couple times. The Jet McKinnon thing, him being on pup, I kind of expect him to be on pup going into camp, and I I also had a feeling that maybe since the acquisition of Tevin Coleman that they could slow him down on his you know rehab mm-hmm. and make sure he's he's fully back to health and have him on pup going into the season. Um, I don't think that's going to happen now because Kyle has said as much that, you know, he'll be back uh, after or right before week one of uh, preseason. But, but he may not play in that preseason game, but he'll be back practicing. So that's that's a plus. As far as Richburg goes, that's also to be expected based on the knee uh, clean out that he mm-hmm. had done. They said that would take a little bit longer. Um, Garrett Selleck, also weeks. These are all expected. Right. Um, Garrett Selleck, you know, unf- unfortunately – he may be done, you know, with, as for the Niners, but maybe he does come back and, you know, week six is kind of what they're looking at regular season-wise for him to return. And then, of course, Jimmy Ward, we knew broken collarbone. collarbone. They did say six weeks. We're right up on that six-week mark. So um, the way Kyle and John had mentioned it, they said Jimmy's close. Jet was the closest. Jimmy's right after him. And then Weston is planning to be ready for week one of the of the season. Um now with Weston though, that's that's a kind of a concern because he's not going to get those training camp reps mm-hmm. um, with Jimmy in the offensive line. So who knows is going to go on there, which um, kind of affected my um, fifty-three man roster projections. Ooh. But we'll get to those later. Um, but where where do you stand on that stuff? Pretty much the same. Yeah, huh? uh, McKinnon. I, I expected him, especially once they signed Coleman. I, I thought they were going to be able to slow play him. Uh, Jimmy Ward obviously broke his collarbone, so that was not a shock. 
Um, Richburg, again, like you said, with the knee clean out and the operation he had done, not too concerned about it. The one that's kind of weird to me is Garrett Selleck. Because Garrett Selleck is still technically not for concussion protocol. So he got a concussion last year. And they're still like, we can't clear him just yet. And that does not bode well for his career. And I you know I really like yeah. Garrett Selleck. I thought Selleck time was a lot of fun. And, you know, a couple of years ago when they were on like the Jim Tom Sula team, Selleck was one of the only guys I wanted to hold on to. I wanted to blow the rest of it yeah. up, but I wanted to keep Selleck because I really liked the way he played. And, you know, it, it's going to be a shame. And he's also dealing with the same back issue that Trent Taylor had. So yeah, he's got a lot. He's got the card stacked up against him right now. I hope for the best, but like you said, when we get into our fifty-three man projections, like Garrett Selleck's not in mine. Spoiler alert. Yeah. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, nothing, nothing too crazy, nothing too unexpected. Um, well, um, we did touch on though last week on um, if if Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play in the preseason. He's been ruled out for week one, week one only as of right now, and I kind of thought at least he would he wouldn't play in the first one i figured he'd play you know a couple series in week two and then week three and then nothing in week Mm -hmm. four so i think i think we were right on on that stuff too last week um not to toot our own horn or anything but we've been we've been pretty spot on a lot of this stuff we're not here for the hot takes we're here just to talk ball you know what i mean um so with with jimmy not playing do you I don't. I don't view it as a huge concern because he's going to get a lot of reps against the Broncos in those eleven on eleven scenarios that they're going to be doing the joint practices with. So uh, I'm okay with him not playing at least week one, and I would like to see him play week two. And week three kind of gives me the the uh, I don't know what the word is, but it makes me nervous because week three is in Kansas City, and it's just like it's uh, bad juju, man. It's like a yeah. I don't. I don't know. Where do you Where do you stand? I'm okay with him not playing week one at all. I don't want him out there. Yeah. One bit. I want him to be a clipboard warrior and I want him to be parked right <laughs> next to Kyle Shanahan and listen to all the play calls and everything. Um, week two, I would like to see him take six snaps. So whether that's two six. whether that's two, three and outs, or one kind of extended drive. That's all I want to gotcha. see out of him. Um, so a minimum of six snaps. Like if they go three and out twice, that's fine. Get him off the field. Um, if they get gotcha. like one extended drive, they go down and score. Awesome. We saw the offense. Get into a groove a little bit, pull him. Um, and in, we, in yeah. week three, I'm not even a fan of putting him out for the whole first half. Um, you know, it's yeah. whatever he's comfortable with, and he's a he's a professional football player, so he's going to say he's comfortable playing every down of every game for all eternity. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I don't know if I want to see him for the whole first half, but I think we will. I definitely don't want to see him in the second half of the third game, and then obviously fourth yeah. fourth preseason game. That's where your your Marcus rushes and your Corey Sheets go out there and. <laughs> upset the fan base when they get cut a week later because they aren't very good. Yeah, no. Um with with Jimmy playing um that week two those practices, I mean he's gonna be facing Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. So uh, I'm I'm okay with him like you said, six to ten snaps in week two and then week three, same thing. Probably maybe maybe bump it up fifteen to eighteen if we can get there and then that's it. Get him out of there. Because the 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 Chiefs, you know, they do have Frank Clark over there, and they're de- and and Jones if he reports ever, you know that those guys are are guys of um, guys the offensive line needs to pay attention to to make sure Jimmy stays upright. And you know we can't protect Jimmy forever, but at the very least we we need to get him into this regular season healthy. Yeah, I mean they're they're going to see some quality pass rushers. There's there's no question about it, and they're going to see it from you know pretty much every team this year. The pass rushing position across the league has has changed so much, so it's not too concerning. They're going to see them in the preseason. Um, 
But man, I just want to come out of preseason healthy. Like I just, that's mm-hmm. what I want for the 49ers. I don't the offense can look bad, the defense can look bad. If everybody comes out healthy, I'm going to be happy. Same. I, health is the big thing. That's what's plagued this team the last two years. Um lack of quarterback in the first mm-hmm. year and then health this past year. So, um yeah, I'm ready to roll, man. You know, this training camp, let's get through it healthy. And then, you know, I can take my happy ass to Santa Clara in December and catch a game. And uh, hopefully, you know, I'm catching a game somewhere in February, you know, in January for playoffs or something like that. Absolutely. So hopefully, hopefully this season brings us some positive thoughts. I can't, I can't do these six wins, four wins um, seasons. It's frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> to say the least, yeah. Uh, so let's let's <laughs> jump into these uh, roster projections. So as everyone yeah. knows right now, they, they the roster sits at 90. Um, then they have mm-hmm. to cut it down to 75, and then they have to cut it down to 53. And so 53 guys are – and then t- 10 practice squad guys. So I guess 63 guys are going to be a part of the 49ers organization from a player standpoint. Um, so let's just go position by position. Um, so everyone knows, listening, we have not talked about this. We have, we have not, not yet, shared no. our thoughts on who's making a team and who's not. So this is our first time getting into it. So we could be really close and we could be really far off. So, but, but let's <laughs> jump in. Who, who are your quarterbacks that, that are going to make the 53, man? Uh, CJ Beathard and Nick Mullins. Wow. Yeah. Cutting Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's uh, Jimmy and CJ. I was very reluctant to put CJ on there, but uh, with CJ, I think, the, you know, the investment in his pick and the fact that he has a little bit more um, physical mm-hmm. tools than Nick Mullins is, is why he makes his team. I'm sad to see Nick go, and I think Nick will end up being somewhere like Denver with Rich Gangarello or something, and, and you know, they may regret that decision. But um, it doesn't matter as long as Jimmy's healthy all year, so it wouldn't matter who this QB2 is. So um, with CJ, I think that's the one, that's the route they're going to go, is CJ and Jimmy. Yeah, so I went back and forth on this one. My my fifty three man had Jimmy, Nick slash CJ, and this is actually the last one I picked. Um, and after talking with Kyle last week, that's really what put me on the fence. You know, we had Kyle Madsen on, um, and he was talking about how much Shanahan loves CJ Beathard. Mm-hmm. But in the end, I went with Nick Mullins. Um, now from training camp today, they were alternating. Nick and CJ were alternating um, second second team plays, so they were going back and forth. So I think that competition is wide open. And I think the way they're looking at it is whoever's the better quarterback and whoever can operate Shanahan's offense better is going to win that spot. And just based on, I mean, I know CJ is more talented and has more arm talent and he's more athletic, but just from what we've seen on the field, Nick Mullins, I think has a little bit more of what Shanahan really looks for. And I think a lot of that is short pass accuracy, which Nick Mullins is pretty good at. So I've got, Jimmy and Nick for my quarterbacks. I know you got Jimmy and CJ. So there's our first, there's our first change. I really thought we were gonna have like fifty two out of the same fifty three. So this is, this is <laughs> this is good. We some variety for everybody. But uh, so moving on from quarterbacks, let's go. The guys that line up right behind them, the running backs. Who you got? Um, I took four: Coleman, Breida, Jet, Mostert. Mostert being your special teams guy. Coleman, Breida, and Jet. You know, you're you're not. You're not letting Breida walk. No. I'm sorry. There's a lot of, you know, discuss. I, th- I think Breida's being the most disrespected out of the four. Um, the man literally carried the team on his back last year at, on, on in certain games. Um, 
was a first down machine, big play machine. There's no reason for him to be being disrespected the way he has been being has the way he has been disrespected this offseason. And uh, I think Breida is going to provide a lot of big things this year. So Coleman, Breida, Jet, and Moster as my four. And then backs. I assume you're keeping Juszczyk as well. Correct. Okay. Fullback. So I lumped him in with the running backs for mine just because. Gotcha. That's, that's what I got. Yeah. I have the same five, and I really think they're okay. carrying five. Um, and you're absolutely spot on. Matt Breda has gotten no love this offseason, and it makes no mm-hmm. sense to me because he was so good for this team last year, and he just proved that he's exactly the kind of running back that excels in Shanahan's outside zone scheme. So, yeah. man, yeah, and I've got, I've got them keeping Mostert too. Um, I think he proved himself to be such a good asset on special teams. And, you know, when he had to run the ball, he wasn't half bad either. So I, yeah. I would prefer that he never touches the ball out of the backfield, but – in the event an injury or two happens, I'm cool rolling with Mostert. Um, so the, I got the same five. I think they carry all. I think yeah, they carry all five. I think they all dress on game day as long as they're all healthy. And the thing with Brita, Brita, um, you know, he he had a thousand plus thousand plus all purpose yards last year. Like the disrespect is out of hand for Brita, and it's. Um, I hope he he shows out and earns that. You know, I hope he's the the one with the most carries and fantasy football. Um, love. I'm, I'm. He's definitely on my radar for for some fantasy football. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it's that's the position I'm most excited to see utilized by Shanahan. I know everybody's really excited yeah. for the wide he's receivers, got, but that backfield is just so stacked with talent. Um, and you can see all three of them on the same at the same time. You can see them all three on the same on the field. You can at the same see time. four of them. I would see four of them with juice. Yeah. Like come on. The the the, yeah. the formations like like uh like Kyle Madsen was saying last week. You know the they're going to be able to trot out the same five skill position players and line up in four different types of formations, you know, just because the, the flexibility all these guys have. Um, but speaking of the wide receivers, let's head on to them. Who you got? I got uh, Pettis, Debo, Goodwin, Taylor, Richie James, Kendrick Bourne. No Jalen Hurd? You'll see. Okay. <laughs> okay. I think this this is where I mentioned the flexibility of Jalen Hurd um, and the issue with Garrett Selleck comes into play okay. here. Um, so, I mean, I'm, I'm just going to give you my tight ends at the same time, too. So, this this having six wide receivers and then carrying three tight ends, Kittle, Hurd, and Smith, you can categorize Hurd as a tight end because he is multifaceted. And listening to Shanahan in his press conference when they drafted him, he did mention tight end quite a bit in that press mm-hmm. conference. Uh, when referencing Hurd, and we saw today that he likes to block. Yeah. Um, from all reports, <laughs> it was a blocking thing, um, yeah. which also put me over the edge there. So you have Caden Smith, Jalen Hurd, George Kittle. Um, all three can do a plethora of things. Um, Smith isn't the fastest guy in the world, but Kittle and Hurd um, allow you some flexibility and a lot of personnel groupings. And then, of course, Pettis, Debo, Goodwin, Taylor, James, and Bourne also provide those things as well. I was torn with Bourne and Matthews. But I think Bourne has earned himself a spot on this roster based on his play mm-hmm. last year. He wasn't dominant, but he did play to, you know, he was he was a, he would if he's your fourth or fifth best wide receiver, it's not a big deal. And I'm a big fan of Richie James, regardless of what everyone on Twitter is saying. The man can play. You just give the guy a chance. You gotta just you gotta some you gotta pump the brakes a little bit. Watch the tape. It's gonna there's something there. That's a guy that there's something there. Um, so that's kind of where I, I'm, I'm at with it, the pass catchers for this team. Okay. So 
keeping nine pass catchers. Okay, I'm only keeping eight. Um, so I've got Dante Pettis, Debo Samuel, Marquise Goodwin, Trent Taylor, Jalen Hurd, and Kendrick Bourne are going to be my six wide receivers. So I've got them leaving off uh, Jordan Matthews and Richie James. Um, and then tight ends, I've only got them carrying two. So just, just George Kittle and Caden Smith. Um, so it gives okay. them eight pass catchers. But really, when you look at it, eight, the the running backs can all catch passes too. So, you know, yeah. it's like 13 guys for me that are going to be catching passes. you got 14 guys listed. Um, yeah. I, I think they're going to want depth in other places, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so I've only got them carrying six wide receivers and two tight ends. Um, but I will say I'm going to cheat a little bit. If Jarek McKinnon starts the season on the pup list and he doesn't come back until week mm-hmm. six, Jordan Matthews makes the team. So Fair. that's that's that that's sense. my flex spot right there. So if McKinnon starts on the pup list, I've got Jordan Matthews making a team. Um, so that still gotcha. means that regardless, I have Richie James not making the team. And I know I know gotcha. you love him. Okay. I'm not super high on him. His college tape is super exciting. I didn't see it last year, so I'm I'm not super high on him. I would love to see him ball out and make the team. Just as we sit here, July twenty eighth, he's not on my he's not on my fifty three man. That's fair. It's very fair. It's, it's we're here for constructive dialogue on this roster that we don't even know about just yet. Yeah. But um, you know, this is all subject to change. You know, things can happen in the next coming weeks, and guys can you know supplant other guys and or put their you know mark on this on this training camp. Um, but the next spot is the guys that protect Jimmy, the offensive mm-hmm. line. Um, obviously, these guys are going to be there, Staley, Tomlinson, Richburg, Person, and uh, McGlinchey. Um, and then the other three that I, I grabbed here, I, I took Ben Garland. He has the positional flexibility to play center and guard with Richburg's issue. Um, Justin School, the rookie, makes this team. And then I'm giving Josh Garnett one last shot, and I think – and I wrote this before he dislocated his finger again today. So Garnett is on my roster bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, so I may have to relook at that um, as from a, a guard perspective or another center, or just change it up a little bit. But at the at the as of, as it sits right now, Staley Tomlinson, Richburg Person, McGlinchey, Garland School, and Garnett. Okay. So mine, I have seven. I am also carrying eight on my fifty-three man. Mine are almost exactly the mm-hmm. same. Just replace Josh Garnett with Ross Reynolds. Yeah, and that would and be I my replacement. Starting five, I got Ross Reynolds, Justin School, and Ben Garland. And I think the thing that people are going to underestimate a little bit, familiarity with Shanahan's system is huge. He loves to go out and get yeah. guys that know what they're doing in the offense. And that's where I think Ben Garland stands out. So he did play for him in Atlanta. He has played in the system before. I think he's going to be a very solid interior backup. Um, they can play all three spots, uh, you know, especially if Richburg, you know, we were talking about it. If he's not ready to go week one, they need a center and it, Ben Garland will be that guy. Yeah, that's where I've, I've, I'm on that same thing there. Um, the other side of the ball, I'm going to start with defensive yep. line. The obvious guys are Buckner, Armstead, Bosa, Ford, um, Sheldon Day, DJ Jones, and then and Solomon Thomas will be the obvious guys. I'm going to go ahead and add Contavious Street mm-hmm. to that list, Ronnie Blair, and then Julian Taylor. Um, something that caught my eye was the press, the uh, Matt Barrows wrote a piece on Julian Taylor being, you know, a little bit over 300 pounds. So he's going to move inside um, instead of being 
an outside pass rusher. He's going to move inside, so um, that gives them a little bit more flexibility rotation-wise on the inside with with Shelvin Day and DJ. Um, of course, Buckner as well. So you give you have rotation there. Um, so I'm I'm carrying ten defensive linemen. That's a lot. It's one more than most teams usually carry, but with this much depth, it's it's um, I don't think it's crazy to carry that many guys. Yeah, I've got just about the same. I've got nine guys, so I have the same nine, just Julian Taylor doesn't make the cut for me. Um, so Buckner, Armstead, Solomon Thomas, D4, Nick Bosa, DJ Jones, Ronald Blair, Contavious Street, and Sheldon Day. Um, now, something that could be interesting, I could see them doing, Sheldon Day may be moved. Depending on like yeah, trade? traded. Um, he's he's one of my trade targets, just because he is he does come with a high draft pedigree. Um, you know, Jacksonville was I think too quick to write him off, and he's been actually pretty fantastic for the 49ers. But they've got a lot of young guys. I know they want to get in there, and if Julian Taylor is one of those guys, I can see them finding a team that you know had somebody injured, dropped dropped two two defensive linemen in the preseason and training camp, and they need a replacement. And I can see Sheldon Day being moved. Um, if they want to give, you know, Julian Taylor another shot, because um, he kind of fell into the the Marcus Rush sort of thing last year, because he balled out in the preseason, and then he ended up making the roster, but you know he didn't didn't play a lot, and when he did, he wasn't super impressive. So I, yeah. I you know, seventh round, former seventh round pick out of Temple from a smaller school. I love his physicality. I love his the, like his physical traits. I don't know if it translates or not. Um, rooting for him because I did like him and he's one of my guys to, to watch out for last year. Um, but we'll see. We'll see. So you've got 10, I've got nine. Um, so I'm going to roll right into linebackers where I have six. Yep. I'm sure you're only going to have five. Okay. Or maybe you have six. I don't know. But obviously, yeah. your, your three projected starters. You know, you got your Fred Warner, you got your Quan Alexander, and you got the rookie Dre Greenlaw. I've also got them keeping Elijah Lee, um, who was pretty, actually pretty solid in, in backup. You know, time last year when he was forced in the mm-hmm. starting lineup, and then I've got Mark and Zacha and David Mayo, who are both special teams guys. And Zacha played a lot. You know, he also played a lot last year at the Sam linebacker before he went down with injury. Um, so I'm, I'm those are the guys I'm keeping. I'm keeping six: Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, Dre Greenlaw, Elijah Lee, Mark and Zacha, David Mayo. I have six as well. Um, instead of David Mayo, I kept Malcolm Smith. Mm. Um, mm. much to the this mm. <laughs> to the uh, disdain of 49er fans who go nuts over it, but I think, um, you know they they did invest quite a bit in him. They did restructure his contract. They're giving him every opportunity to make this team. Um, you know, Quan, Fred, Elijah Lee, Drake Greenlaw, Nizacha, and Malcolm Smith. Um, I th- I don't know if Greenlaw is going to be a starter, so to speak, or or anything like that. But I did mention a while back that. That's a guy to watch out for. He's starting to get first-team snaps. Maybe because of Quan not being able to, to do 11-on-11s 11 mm-hmm. just yet, but he has earned the trust of this defensive uh, staff, um, which is a big deal. So, you know, I mean, I, I guess I could swap out Mayo for Malcolm, but I, I would take the guy who's been there a little bit more um, over a guy who hasn't. So I, I that's where we would differ yeah. there. Mayo over Malcolm. Well, the thing with Mayo for me is, like I say, he's a special teams ace. Um, but he also got yeah. a decent amount of playing time in Carolina because Luke Keekley seems like he has a concussion every other week because he just hits people so hard. Um, yeah. So, you know, he has played. And, and with the with the rearrangement of the linebackers, so Sam, Will, and Mike, they aren't the same as they were last year for this team. 
So last year, Correct. you know, your Will and your Mike were your off-ball guys, and then the Sam pretty much lined up like another defensive end, more or less. And now with them going to the wide nine, you're going to see the more traditional four guys up front, two, two to three yards back, you're going to have three linebackers. And I think that's where the speed uh, of Dre Greenlaw and Quan Alexander and Fred Warner and Elijah Lee, all, like all these guys, I think that's where it's going to come in to be the most important. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm excited to see a more traditional linebacker lineup. Uh, I didn't really like the, the on-the-line Sam last year. Um, yeah. So now that they're going to that, you know, again, we're talking about the base, the base defense. So they're not going to be in a base defense a ton anyway. Um, yeah. But when they are, we're going to see the more traditional linebacker arrangement. No, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, they talked about it, how the Sam was over the over the tight end and was there for run support, um, and, and even in pass, you know, pass rush. Uh, attempts even going back to um, Eli Harold. That's kind of similar what they had there mm-hmm. with Eli at the Sam position. Um, next group is the group that I think a lot of people are paying attention to. The corners, um, obviously Richard Sherman, Akella Witherspoon, Jason Verrett, Quan Williams, DJ Reed, and Tim Harris are my six. DJ Reed, um, I think. There was a discussion today in the press conferences um, about DJ Reed ex- expressing his desire to play corner as opposed to safety because of all the safety depth mm-hmm. that's there. So he felt it may give him a better chance to make this team if he had the opportunity to play corner. Um, I would take DJ Reed over Dante Johnson and um, the guy that always stays on this team, uh, Greg Maven. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm 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 leaning there, and then Tim Harris, he is the guy, the rookie from from Virginia. I think he has everything the Niners are looking for. It's just health that may be the concern with him. Um, his tape was pretty good when he was playing in at Virginia, so I I like the opportunity. I think they're going to keep Harris around, whether that be on practice squad or make the 53. He may be a guy that might be hard to stash mm-hmm. uh, because of his mm-hmm. tape. Although he you know he was a seventh rounder, but the reason he's a seventh rounder is because of injuries. So if he's available, someone else may snag him. So I think he makes the roster for those purposes as well. Um, and then, yeah, so where, where are you at on the corner? I got the same six. So I got Sherman, Witherspoon, okay. Verrett, K1 Williams, Tim Harris, and DJ Reed. Now, the thing about Tim Harris today is, you know, our, our boy Eric Crocker did a did a, par- a live periscope where he went to training camp today and he answered everybody's questions. Apparently, Marquise Goodwin made Tim Harris look bad. <laughs> but that's okay. Again, no pads it's on Marquise. and stuff. And, you know, it's Marquise Goodwin. He just won the the forty yards of the forty yards of gold or whatever it's called. Um, so he's he's very extremely fast. But he just smoke checked Tim Harris today and made him look not great. Um, at least that was that was Eric Crocker's <laughs> breakdown of it. And uh, I agree with you. I have DJ Reed also listed as a corner because I have him as the second slot guy. So Kwan yeah. Williams is pretty well entrenched in the slot and. You know, I think he's a very underrated player on this defense, honestly. Um, K1's yeah, pretty, I think he's just underrated, period. He's, he's made a lot of plays. He, he's, he tackles really well for a small guy. And uh, I, th- I think DJ Reed is his immediate backup. Um, but again, Tim Harris, he was just drafted this year. I think it's really hard for a team to separate from a guy they just drafted right away, especially on one that obviously this team's moving, trending in the right direction when it comes to talent level. But still... They, the back end of the roster leaves a little bit to be desired 
when it comes to depth yeah. and stuff. So I think the front office will be a little bit hesitant to just move on from a guy they just drafted this year. Yeah, and you know the thing with Reed, too, and going back to DJ Reed though, if you know if for some reason something happens to one of the safeties, he does have that experience to go back to play safety if they need to. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course you can always hit the waiver wire, or if some of these guys make it to your practice squad, you have a corner that's sitting there waiting in the wing as well. Um, to the safe, speaking of safe position, safeties: Tart, uh, Tavares Moore, Adrian Colbert, Jimmy Ward. Those are my four. So I'm carrying four uh, safeties. Okay. I'm, and ooh, okay, just four. Interesting. Just four because of the DJ Reed thing, and because I have ten defensive linemen. It's true, you do, and you have an extra wide receiver slash tight end. Um, so yep. this is where I have six, and uh, I keep a lot of these guys. Six safeties. Six safeties. Um, what the? <laughs> so I got. I didn't curse. I, I got. <laughs> I got Tart. I got Colbert. I got Terrace Moore, Jimmy Ward, and I've got them holding on to Anton Exum and Marcel Harris. Um, and again, a lot of this is, is special team stuff. So, cause gotcha. when you look at the wide receivers and the tight ends, none of those guys can really play special teams. And, you know, we got Mostert, they have Mostert in the running back spot that can, and is a really good special teams player, but they still have to fill out gunner spots. They still have to fill out kickoff and punt coverage stuff. I think the safety position where you have a bunch of guys that are super athletic is where we're going to see them do that. I think that's where Antoine Exum and Marcel Harris really make their money this year. That's fair, yeah. Um, you know, if I, if I were to do it again, I would just take Malcolm Smith off and add 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 uh, Harris back into my into my uh, projection. So five safeties instead. Okay, of that four. works. And, and, and again, I'm not super high on XM or Harris. Um, I know XM has had the pick six last year against the Chargers and one of the two interceptions, so he's tied for first on the team with one. And um, <laughs> um, and, and Marcel Harris had some good splash plays. Uh, but again, I, I would prefer them to not see the field. I would prefer if Jimmy Ward didn't see the field. You know, if they hey, if they hey, just hey, roll hey, with hey. Chakwisky Tart, Adrian Colbert, and Tarverius Moore at safety and just rotate those three guys in, I'm I'm completely happy with that. And then, uh, but yeah, so I got six safeties again just for special teams purposes, just because the guys on offense gotcha. don't don't fill those roles. Um, and then moving on to the specialists, Gold, Bitch and Mitch, and and Holba. Which might change yep. to um, Nelson Week Ten yeah, when his suspension is over for performance enhancing. What what performance enhancing drugs is a long snapper taking? I don't know, but wait, is it a full ten games? Because he did miss I think what, it's six two games, games last I think year. It's six games. Yes, so he missed a couple yeah, games, a couple last, games year, last year. Right? So I don't know yeah. when he'll be back, um, but I don't foresee a team going out and, and signing him uh, before. You know his his suspension is up, and if Holba turns out to be really good, maybe they just roll with Holba. You know who knows. Um, but Kyle Nelson has been around for for quite some time, so yeah, he's been around for every coach change, everything. Yeah. So and so the listeners get all excited. We're having a lot, like you know, got some long snapper talk going now. Yeah, long snapper. Um, so so uh, the first like five guys I had off, and these are the hardest guys to to leave off for me. Um, where Jordan Matthews, which I already prefaced with, you know, if McKinnon starts on the pup, I think they keep Jordan Matthews. Uh, Richie James is uh-huh. up there. Josh Garnett, Garrett Selleck, and Malcolm Smith are the toughest ones to leave off, and I would add Julian Taylor in there as well. So those are my six, like, toughest cuts that the, the front gotcha. office is going to have this year. Yeah, I think 
yeah, I mean, we're we're right in line with everything there um, with the Garnett thing. And, you know, with the Garnett thing, is my concern is his health and, you know, ready to dislocate his finger. It's not a huge issue. You know, you can tape his hands up and like most other guys do. Uh, but it was it happened two days in a row, yep. and that's you know that's that's something there. Um, I want to see I want to see how he Smith responds thing. to that. By the way, uh, for Josh yeah. Garnett, because last year you know the team felt like he could have been playing, but he was kind of nursing his knee a little bit too much. So to be it, yeah. it, to me, that's something to keep an eye on. You know, does he does he shift his attitude to where he's just like I can play through this, I can play through anything, um, as opposed to what it was you know last year. Um, when it yeah. visibly upset Kyle Shanahan, so I'm that's that's <laughs> something that I'm I'm looking forward to seeing is how Josh Garnett deals with this most recent injury. Yeah, it's um, with you know the the last five, we we're right there in the Garnett thing. It's it's like I said, we it's just his health, um, and hopefully he can get right and make an impact or at least pave a way to stay on this roster. Um, Julian Taylor, you know, he's another guy. He was my last guy on my defensive line, and I think he could also be, you know, a bubble guy for me as well. Um, but as we're we're right there on pretty much those guys, those things going there. And I think the big one I'm watching though is the Jalen Hurd thing. How he ends up making this roster, or who they pick, or how they have him categorized is my my big thing. Right. Um, on how they do that, you know, I mean, I guess they can carry seven wide receivers and then just move Hurd into the tight end position every once in a while. Um, yeah, you know, you see yeah. that with the, way, the it, none of these guys. We're going to almost positionless football a lot of, mm-hmm. in a lot of senses because mm-hmm. most of these wide receivers can play all three spots. Tight ends can play, you know, the X receiver or, or Y receiver, or whatever, maybe Z receiver, depending on you know the snitch snit, situation. Excuse me, I can't speak today. <laughs> um, you know, you, you see Kittle lined up outside, kind of like Jimmy Graham back in the day. He'd line up at wide receiver, right. slot, tight end, wherever. Zach Ertz does it all the time. Kelsey's starting to do it. Um, I don't think the positions really matter. I think it's more how how many guys you can get to to do certain things. And uh, I think the Niners have set themselves up for success and versatility and flexibility throughout this roster um, from, from the safeties to the wide receivers. So I, I think they've done a fairly good job acquiring talent. This is year three, and I think this is the deepest they've been in the three years. You know, they did their whole... 180 on this roster and here we are year three and this is the time for no more talking let's make let's get some wins you know be in the hunt come december and uh stay healthy yep yep and there's one other player i wanted to touch on um and it is a tight end yeah. since we're just talking about tight ends uh levine levine tololo tololo he he's six eight let's start with that it's huge he's six eight so he's played for Shanahan before. He played for him in Atlanta. And again, you know, we were talking about it. he likes to bring in guys that he's familiar with and that are familiar with his system. He's a guy that I could also see making the team, um, especially with the way Selleck is trending. If they want to carry three tight ends, it's not going to be Selleck. It's going to be Toy Lolo. And yeah. he immediately becomes an obvious red zone target because he's 6'8". Six, six, like that's that's as tall as LeBron James. LeBron James yeah. is 6'8". So imagine having LeBron James lined up at tight end because that's pretty much what you're looking at there. And, yeah. and to give everybody an idea of, of how large 6'8 is, you see how big, you know, George Kittle is out on the field. And everybody's, like, super excited to see him. And, he, you know, he's he's his big body target. He's 6'4". Yeah. So, Toilolo <laughs> has four inches on him. It's basically like watching Buckner line up at tight end. 
because that's oh, how yeah. tall that's how tall he is. <laughs> so that's a guy that I could see. He's he's one of my dark horses to make the squad. Is is Toy Lolo? Yeah, and yeah, Toy Lolo is another one. And then I, you know, I'm, I'm rooting for Sean Point Dexter, mm-hmm. kid from Arizona. Um, maybe he makes a practice squad. Um, it's just gonna be hard to crack. And this is this is the plus. This is the pluses of having. Um, a deep roster. The guys you think are gonna make it may not make it. Guys, you know who maybe who feel they are set in stone. You know they slack a little bit, and the guy behind them beats them out. So the competition is, I think it's the most competition this this Niners team has had since the Harbaugh era. Absolutely. And um, we are as Niner fans, we are in good shape uh, going forward with the roster. And you know, of course, we're not gonna be the best at every position. No team is. Um, but we're going to be pretty damn good all the way around the board. And, you know, I, I feel confident going into this season uh, that they should make an impact or be in pretty much every game going forward. Yep. Yep, that's exactly where I sit too, man. So I, I'm super excited to see how training camp plays out. I'm hoping they kind of got a little bit of the frustrations out today so there's not a ton of fights moving forward. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, like I said, it's, it's nice to see a rookie kind of kind of get scraps in. And apparently they came on, like, blocking assignments where Jalen Hurd just – pancaked Antoine Exum and pancaked Dante Johnson and they did not appreciate getting their ass handed to him by a rookie. So hey, you know, step up. Yeah, exactly. So that's that's what I love to see and I also am looking forward to cracking open a beer when they cut Dante Johnson. Just saying, just throwing that one oh out my there. Gosh. Just throwing that one out there. Um I can't wait for him to be back off this team again. Go back to Seattle, man. Oh my goodness. Go back to Seattle. Uh but anyway, that, that um, about wraps it up for tonight, right? Yeah, that covers everything. By the time you hear this, uh, the Niners should be practicing in pads. Mm-hmm. Um, I will have this. You'll see. You, we're recording on Sunday night. You'll hear this Monday morning. Um, so let's continue. You know, whoever you pray to, pray for no injuries. <laughs> um, <laughs> keep this injury team. Keep the injuries to a minimum all season, all training camp, and uh, we go forward. Um, but we will be back sometime middle of the week. We do have something coming yep. up. Um, that should be pretty big for a lot of fans. Hopefully everyone enjoys that. But if until then, subscribe, rate, review um, on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you listen to our podcast. And then go ahead and follow me on Twitter at JavierVague underscore. And Matt, go ahead and hit him up. Um, so I'm at Matt Barr underscore, two T's, two R's underscore. But also, just maybe a little bit of homework assignment for everybody. If you haven't read the Tyler Dunn Bleacher Report article, it's very well written. You might you might want to read that one before you listen to our next episode. S- small hint, small hint of what's coming <laughs> up, but you really should go read that article. It's really well done. It talks about um, you know how the team's attitude is shifting. It goes into really in, in depth into Solomon Thomas and how he dealt with his sister's you know suicide, and it, it, it's 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 like ten thousand words long, but it's worth it. You're gonna read. You're gonna be reading it's for good. a while, but it's it's worth it. And we're really excited to talk with the author of that article on Tuesday. Yep, we will be back. Uh, that'll that'll be back. That'll get to you guys Tuesday night or, or Wednesday morning, uh, whenever my kids let me edit. Peace. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, until next time, guys, we'll see. We'll hear from you, or you'll hear from us. We'll, we'll you hear from us real soon in the coming days, and then uh, interact with us on Twitter. We've been pretty active. We got a lot of things coming, and. Uh, Keep keep supporting us. We appreciate everything you guys do. Um, until then, peace.